Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. I cannot express how excited I am to finally be talking to someone who got to perform as the street cat version of the Rum Tum Tugger. So you might have seen him more recently in Hamilton on the West End, but he's here today to talk about the 2015-2016 Australian Tour of Cats, where he got to play what I have been calling Street Tugger. So welcome, Daniel Asada, and thank you for joining me. Hi, thank you for having me. I, um, I, you know, I, I just told you this before we started recording, but you are legitimately the image that I have memed a thousand times because of Street Tugger, because it's the first thing that shows up on Google oh. image searches. So I am thrilled to have you because I have so many questions about the, the backstory, the character, the dance. Like, you know, I got to see some versions on YouTube of what the dance and there's like break dancing. There's like, there's so much to it, but it's also something that lived for such a short period of time that it's kind of a fascinating piece of cat's history that I don't think a lot of people even know about, honestly. No, they actually don't. I've come across quite a few people in the States that obviously were um, not aware of of that particular change that sort of occurred in that little bit, bit of time. So, like, when I explain it, People are like, what? Yeah, I've, I've had the same reaction. I've explained it to some people, and I just say street tugger, which I don't actually think is what everybody calls it. It's this tugger street cat version, and I've just nicknamed it street tugger, and everyone's like, wait, what? There's a street tugger? You know, like, what does that mean? I'm like, yeah, he's raps and dances, uh, hip-hop. It's like a, a, a different version, and they're like, wait, really? You know, like, nobody believes you at first. I know, I know. I mean, like, I don't think that I believed it at first either, to be honest. <laughs> like, when I first auditioned for the show, um, I didn't audition as the Rum Tum Tugger. Um, I, it was because I, I was just finishing um, on the big Australian tour of Wicked, which was my okay. first job um, out of studying. And I was, Cats was never really a show that was on my radar. Like as a, as a child, I never saw it. Um, it. It never really, it never really was one of those shows that I was like, I have to do Cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and an audition came up. And I had asked some people who had done the show previously in Australia if they thought that, you know, it would be appropriate for me to go in. Uh, and they were like, it's very technical. And I was like, oh, I don't know if that's like my my game. Um, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go because like the music is great. And like, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of different characters that I might be able to slot into. I went, I flew down um, because I was obviously doing Wicked at the time. I did all the auditions in one day on my one day off. Wow. And basically they put me through my paces and I auditioned for every character essentially. (laughs) And so I left there thinking that I was going to be a swing because I was a swing on Wicked. I was an onstage swing. So I thought, well, I literally have done Monker Strap, I've done um, Corica Pat, I did Mungo Jerry, I did Skimble Shanks, and then 
on top of all of that, they were like, can you hip hop? And I was like, what do you mean by can I hip hop? Um, because this is like, you know, a cat's creative team in Australia who have done the show for years and years and years and years. And they don't really know what the specification of this new London palladium tugger requires. And so they've just been, they've, they've basically been given instruction to test if people have hip hop skills alongside basically doing a verse of the Rum Tum Tugger rap. So obviously this is material that like prior to this moment, no one, no one really has seen. Yeah. So, so it was a very unusual audition process because, you know, it was like, they told me to come in and they were like, now this is the phrase. And I was like, cool. And they were like, can it's, it's on four, four. So they were just like, it doesn't matter how you do it, but this is kind of a rough idea of the rhythm. And, and so I was like, okay, <laughs> I gave it a go. I'd never rapped before. Um, and then they brought me next door and basically like the res, the associate director of cats in Australia, Joanne Robinson. Um, she was like, I'm going to stomp out a beat and I want you to improvise <laughs> like, like any hip hop skills that you want. And I was like, what is going on right now? That is so it's, it's so fascinating to hear this because I, I go back to, I mean, if anybody follows you on TikTok or knows your social media, like you grew up dancing and there's a bunch of stuff with you and your sister. Is this the first time yeah. you've been asked, like, how many times is hip hop and like, I don't know besides, I mean, I guess in Hamilton, there's some like rapping, but like, it's not like it's a common thing in musical theater to have a, can you come in and break dance and can you come in and start rapping? Yeah. And especially when you're coming in for cats, <laughs> like, did that stop you dead in your tracks or did you even know that that was going to be a change being made? Um, like there was a, there was like a bit of a buzz, um, from just performers within the Australian industry being like, wait, it's not the same rump tum tugger as before, but I don't really class myself as a rapper. So I disregarded it and I was like, well, that's, that's not going to be me. Yeah. Like I, I was just like, well, that's not my place in the show. Um, but I will say my training growing up in dance, um, was very commercial uh, and very hip hop. Um, uh, the dance school that I trained at from age three all the way through to 18 in Sydney uh, was called the Glendie School of Dance. And basically we had a lot of, Sydney is very well known for its dance scene being very much um, like very similar in style to the LA scene. So like okay. a lot more commercial and hip hop sort of influence. And so I had a lot of that growing up and it was a weekly thing for me. So, you know, that style, not break dancing per se, but I had done a couple of little tricks that like, you know, have appeared in a hip hop routine that I had done growing up that I kind of just accumulated with me as party tricks. Yeah. <laughs> and I basically threw them all on the floor the minute they, that they asked me to improvise. Cause I was like, well, this is what I've got. So, let's just see what about the what about the rapping part like if that's not something that you've done in you know as someone as a dancer but also singer to come in and all of a sudden be like hey yeah. can you spit some bars in the middle of a 
Cats audition just is still like it blows my mind. Yeah, that like I can't in even a cats, Im- in a cats audition where I was in like tights because like yeah. that's what you wear to a cats audition. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, how- <laughs> so all of a sudden I was like, can I? can I swap out my tights for my tracksuit pants and sneakers if I'm about to try and do this? Yeah. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about the, the audition process as well. And then I want to go back a little bit because you said you hadn't ever seen it, but what was that going mm. from, you know, you said you, you covered Monkish Trap and all these other cats. What is in the audition process going from a very serious, I would say, you know, cats is very traditional dance and singing to yeah. all of a sudden freestyle your party hip hop party tricks <laughs> like is like what is that experience like for you i mean it was i still say to this day it was one of the craziest days like of auditioning um purely because as mentioned cats was never really a show that i knew like as in like i had heard some of the music but like i hadn't listened to it religiously i didn't know it off by heart so you know when you have to audition all in one day, like like they were like, can you come back in two hours and do Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser and Skimble Shanks? I mean, like I ha- the, the rhythms of those songs, I was like in a cafe downstairs, like trying to learn <laughs> these songs that I hadn't really heard before because they, I just had never really like listened to them in depth. And so it was one of those examples of like, this is a crazy audition day that like, you know, that you hear and it really was. Uh, And I was the last person there on that day. I think I left at like 6 PM after getting there at 8 AM. Wow. And I was like so exhausted and then flew back to Brisbane. Um, And I was like, what just happened? Like, I have no idea. I, I called my agent and I was like, I actually, have no idea like what happened today i was like i basically did everything in the show so i hope there's a place for me <laughs> that is that is so cool so you hadn't you 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 knew a little bit of the music because everyone kind of knows the music had you seen like the 1998 yeah. movie or any version of it prior to that audition um i watched the movie um okay. when i found out that i was going to be going for the audition okay um just to familiarize myself with it and you know, just general research and stuff so that I wasn't going in blind. Yes. Um, but yeah, apart from that, that was my only that sort of it. knowledge of cats. Wow. Yeah. That is okay. So that is kind of fascinating that it's like a, just one quick research of the 1998 film that, <laughs> that you've, that you've got to kind of go off of and you come in and then, you come in and all of a sudden it's like, by the way, we need you to start rapping and da- like hip hop <laughs> dancing. Did did that even like, did it register that I was like, oh, okay, wait, hold on. This is going to be vastly different than the version I just saw on the on that movie. Well, yeah, especially when like it was very clear that, that the team had a lot of unknown with mm-hmm. this new version as well, because obviously it was very recent in London, like very recent. And what I found out later in the process, once I actually booked the show and started rehearsing was it was an ever changing thing. So basically it morphed even, even in the small amount of time that the street tugger existed, it changed over that Mm -hmm. period of time. So it originally started when Andrew Lloyd Webber, actually came across 
a street dancer who was on the street, like busking in London. Okay, wow. And he had never done a show before, very new to musical theater. So and he sees this person and throws him in cats on the London Palladium? Essentially. <laughs> um, he, he saw this guy and knew that this was what the show needed, obviously. Um, and, it, and, and so like this particular actor and street dancer helped Andrew Lloyd Webber write the rap verses. For, okay. I am so fascinated by this because it only ran for like three years. It ran for the London run, yeah. your tour, and then not there. And I, and I do, I can see, these are not questions for you, I guess. These are Andrew Weber questions at, at the end of the day. Mm. I, I like, I can see it, a need for throwing in some hip hop and some contemporary style like street dance. And like, they even kind of did that in the 2019 movie with the twins. They put in some like of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, what I, what I've struggled with is why do you take one of the, what I would say iconic characters and a, a fairly like early on recognizable song and not make it like Alonzo or, you know, like a, one of the like Tumble Brutus or one of the other ones where you could throw in those elements and not like, this was a change. Like this was a dramatic change to a, a big character. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> uh, it's really just funny thinking about it all now. Um, <laughs> when I found out that I got the show, I, my agent called me and he was like, you got the role. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be the first person in Australia to do this hip hop rap cat. Like, I was like, cool. Okay. Okay. Like, I, obviously it was so exciting for me because it was the first role yeah. that I've ever played. So it will always be a really special thing to me. And in Australia, we don't really get to put like like we don't like there's not a, like a lot of new work that comes through in terms of like on main stage like mm -hmm. we get a lot of imported shows from the uk or from broadway because they work yeah and now this was the first time in australia that this role was kind of being discovered and from conversation that i had with the associate director and choreographer and the team they kind of wanted to help me put my own stamp on it mm -hmm. which was really exciting because for an actor there's nothing more than you know that excites a, well definitely me than being creative and and getting creative license over something that you get to do yeah and so i actually did a trip to the uk before we started our contract and I saw the revival version of Cats at Blackpool. Um, and that was a big trip. <laughs> um, I literally went specifically to Blackpool to watch the show. Um, I went to London and did like, you know, a wonderful couple of days there. And I went up to Edinburgh. Um, but I made a specific trip out to Blackpool to see the show. That is crazy. You know, it was so special. Like, I can't even explain it to you. Because I had never seen the show before live and now I knew I was going to be part of it. It was so emotional. Like hearing that overture, I was like, I am so excited to do this. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, everyone that I talk to who does it always talks about how it changes you. It's like you become part of the cat's like family. Oh, 100%. I mean, I met my husband on cats and 
now I'm married. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what your husband was he in Mistopheles? No, he was um, Kabakadi. Okay. I've, there's a lot of uh, Tugger Mistopheles history, and we've always wondered. I've heard there's a few <laughs> that have come together because that's always like a fun. It's all the fans talk about. Um, okay, so I want to go back to you book it, you go see it. You're now going to be essentially like not originating the role, but like really putting your version of it on because it's it's still so new. What did they kind of tell you about this transformation for Tugger? Like, did you get a different backstory? Mm -hmm. Like, was there a little bit more? Because like I think about, I always think about the characters and how you have to kind of embrace them. And Tugger's supposed to be this like, I don't care about the world. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to cause disruption. And that's how it's played as the rock star vibe. And then you kind of come in and it's like similar vibe, but you're going to do a hip hop version of it. Like, were you told kind mm -hmm. of like a, a different three words or a different backstory based on it being now the street tugger? Yeah. Um, like they wanted to, they definitely wanted to keep a very similar vibe to okay. the, to the character in terms of he's rebellious, does his own thing, still has that air to him where it's, you know, kind of like, does what he wants, gets what he wants, but they brought the age of the actual cat down a little bit. So he was more of like a, I guess more of like a, an adolescent cat mm -hmm. that was kind of like experiencing um, like the, the anticipation of being an adult. Um, and, and so they basically like, we obviously the original Rum Tum Tiger was, compared to, you know, Mick Jagger and stuff mm -hmm. quite a lot. And so we tried to find some parallels to the current music industry at the time. And so I kind of basically like tried to find artists that I could draw inspiration from that felt like an R&B kind of rapping cat that was like, you know, this new kind of very like... um very energized. Um, and so like I drew inspiration from like certain film clips and stuff like that, because like my associate director and choreographer, Joanne, she, you know, was not from the world of contemporary music and R and B and hip hop. And so I was kind of educating her and sending her clips on like, um, you know, because basically just like the original, the actual rum tum tugger number is like a party scene, mm -hmm. you know, and so at the time, the first film clip that kind of came to my um, to my mind was Chris Brown's Year Times 3 film clip. Okay. Um, because it was like he was on the buildings, he's on the on the big trucks, and everyone's kind of dancing, and it's very much that kind of like jumping off things and um and I was like, this is kind of the vibe and obviously that was tied in with like a Justin Biebery kind of thing as well because he was so idolized by teenagers <laughs> and so that's kind of where I drew some of that kind of pop star R&B star kind of inspiration from so that I could bring that youthful kind of energy to the stage still like a like a, a music star an artist but just not a rock and roll one. Yeah. Did you pull from anything from Jason Derulo? Because I just think there's some like weird symmetry with it coming back to him being Tugger in the 2019 movie and then knowing that there was a street version around when he was really big. I know. Yeah. Um, like 
It's really interesting because when I first heard the rumors of Jason Derulo doing it, I was like, wait a minute, are they doing my version? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is, yeah. Um, and like, I think, I think what they like basically did in the movie was kind of just like have someone who is of that sort of, you know, um, R&B um, pop background but just keep the essence of the original. So like, it was like a mesh between the two without changing the song, mm -hmm. which like, you know, I will never say that, that I don't think that it should have been done with the rap, but it definitely was a huge surprise. And I had to face a lot of people um, along the way that disagreed with um, the change. Yeah. That was actually going to be one of my next questions for you. So I want to, I want to think about, this is a show that at that moment has been running for 25, 30 years almost. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not like it's still kind of early on, like it's, it's got its fan base. And so when you're touring and it's a show that, you know, people know, did, how much backlash did you get of like where audience members came up and did you have more people saying like, Oh, that was really cool. I love the interpretation. Or did you have more that were like, wait a second, where's my, I was waiting for the Mick Jagger, David Bowie, like, the 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 person there ready for you to come out and i mean i guess you still kind of crotch thrust and do a lot of the, like really overly sexual dances oh yeah so it's still it's still got a little uh -huh. similar uh vibe but did you like what was the audience reaction in the moment you know um like i said i i basically came into the role with a back with with, with a knowledge of all of the negative reviews from london so mm. You know, that's where I started. Okay. I started with like basically everyone criticizing this new thing um, and an update. And so I was like, okay, okay, that's kind of what I've got. Now I have the power here to also reinterpret this because basically Andrew Lloyd Webber and the team in London were kind of a bit stuck and a bit lost with this role over its time mostly because um, the original guy who they hired to play the street tugger, um, they, um, he didn't continue with the show. Mm -hmm. So basically I think, you know, it takes a certain type of person to do eight shows a week and someone who is not trained for that and, and, and it might be new to them. I don't think it gelled with him. So, there was a um, a bit of a cast shift around in the London Palladium version. And when I saw the show in Blackpool, I actually watched the Alonzo who had recently stepped up to fill Tugger. Okay. Um, and so basically he was a jazz dancer. So his version of the, of the number was very different. And I was like, okay, I was like, okay, that's that version. And so when I was in Australia and we started learning the number, I was like, is there any way that I can put my own style and flair onto it so that it felt like it was more me and I wasn't pretending to be something that I wasn't. And I was like, let's make it cool. Let's make it like, let's show off some of my tricks. And mm -hmm. the team were very open to that. And it all had to get approved by Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I thought I was going to lose my job in a weekend, yeah. but <laughs> um, he loved what I was doing with the number. And so I basically choreographed my own dance break in the, in the number. Um, and the number ended up being something that I was really, really proud of. And I think that because I had control over the number like that, 
it meant that I was able to bring my own personal energy and the way that I wanted to do it to the character. So a lot of people were skeptical of the street tugger, but I think that I managed to persuade them through sort of just my energy and the way that I wanted to convey the character that it did work. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think there was issues with it and we kind of broke it down and tried our best to present it in a way that looked its best. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's anytime you have change, like there's always going to be question, especially if it's something that, you know, people universally love. It's like, that's the uh, something I know and I come to see and then you get a very different version of it. You're going to have some people kind of not always on, on board. I want to go back to something you said though, which I, I hadn't really thought about, or maybe I'm, I, as someone who's not an actor or not a performer, I don't think about these things. But do you, like, when you hear that there's almost all negative reviews and then you're going to take on the role, do you, sure. like, does that, how do you think about that as an actor? Like, since this was your first kind of main role, do you say, oh, you know what, whatever, this is awesome, I'll make it my own and I'm going to do my own thing? Or do you ever kind of go back and be like, Ugh, maybe this isn't, like, everyone's already ripping on this character and now I'm going to go do it maybe I should rethink if I want this part. Like, is, how do you think about that as a performer? Yeah, I mean, I think at that point in my career, I literally was like 20, yeah. almost turning 21. So you're just like, it's so, a job, I'm ready. I mean, well, I was just so excited because like, I love a challenge personally, mm-hmm. and and I just saw it as an opportunity for me to create something. And so like, I was a little bit stressed, I won't lie, um, because it was so foreign and so new to not only my skill set on stage, but also because there was a lot of people talking about it. But, you know, I, I think once we opened in the first city, I got some reassurance that what I was doing was right because we kind of managed to we kind of managed to deter the comments away from the actual subject matter and more people were actually picking on my costume than they were yeah. on <laughs> actually what I was doing. I I have some costume questions cuz it is a uh, it looks like you have some like MC Hammer pants and then you've got um, dreadlocks, <laughs> right? Like they added dreadlocks uh-huh. and a backwards uh-huh. hat and um, they it's, did not it's a little uh, it's a little 2022 looking back maybe not as appropriate as i would have thought um but yeah there's a little bit of that revisionist history and i think that's what's so interesting looking at it today you know we're recording this in 2022 you know this will come out in 2023 but we're looking back you know that many years and something that has also Mm -hmm. been universally pretty much depend you know it's like uh now that you look at it today it's like oh god i can't believe they even did that for three or four years but in the moment it's got to be very different of like here's this new take we're going to try something new it's a show that needs probably doesn't need but has a little bit of like it's been around for so long let's try some different things or android weber has a you know a a coffee and sees a street dancer and decides this is my show i'm going to change it today and doesn't care because he's got the ability to to take whatever backlash he has and can take it but when you're like from a moment of today when you look back on it obviously you're proud of it it's your you know a a job that you got to do a really cool Mm. thing that you got to do at the beginning but if you look at it from the outside looking back on it as like now west end hamilton you know 
professional, you know, this is your job full time. What do you think of, of the street tugger in general? Like, do you look back at that and go like, that might've been a little problematic. That might've been an interesting change. Like, how do you look at it today? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I mean, it, it definitely is a little bit problematic. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I think the thing at the time, which, you know, it's so hard because like, you know, at the end of the day, they're cats. That's the totally. other thing, yeah. you know, and that was something that, that came up a lot when we were actually doing it because like, you know, there was some comments made about the color of my makeup, mm -hmm. um, which was like an ivory and brown. And like, you know, at the end of the day, like that, that makeup that I was putting on was to be a cat, yeah. not a person. So, you know, um, the pants, uh, in terms of the costume. So, you know, again, because Australia, we were kind of creating a little bit of our own design, even just slightly it tweaked because in the, um, in the in the version that I had watched, the guy playing Tugger was actually in white Nike air forces. <laughs> um, and, I actually was like, I'm not dancing in those because like, I was like, for the show, I have to be able to do the ball and I have to be able to, I, I wanted flexibility in a shoe. And so we actually used black Nike Roches, um, which kind of are more similar to a jazz shoe than, um, than any other sneaker because of the mesh and because of the bottom is quite, um, flexible in terms of it sliding across the stage. And so then they painted the, the Rum Tum Tugger sort of like spots on, on the shoes. Um, they used a pair of my tracksuit pants as the design for the pants. Um, because I was like, we don't need that much of a drop crotch. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they actually ended up kind of like, kind of like sticking to me a little bit more like they're a bit more tapered and um you know just had like a nicer sort of shape to them and then um you know the hair the the fur you know whatever you want to call it um it was it was very interesting the dreadlocks i mean that's probably a, a, a out of all of the things one of the choices that i would have changed mm -hmm. um but in saying that, the similar design of the Rum Tum Tugger hair that I had underneath that hat was very similar to elements of Mungo Jerry and Teaser. how they've had the sort of like twist kind of braidy stuff that they would have in their hair as well. Yeah. And Tugger kind of has a big, you know, whole thing anyways, too, like in the, in the Rockstar version. So it actually doesn't stray that far besides... I think I saw an interview, you called it very, it's more contemporary. Like it's just a more contemporary version. Yeah. And I think that it is, it is kind of yeah. that way. I hope you're having a jellical ball. We'll be right back after this quick break. I, you, you said at the very top, like the very beginning of this episode, you said that it's kind of a fascinating thing because most people don't even realize that there was a street cat version. <laughs> I have, yeah. as I've said, I've used your picture as memes for probably three <laughs> years now since I started this. 
does anybody ever recognize I can't you? Get over that. That's so funny. Does anybody ever recognize you as like it's like oh that's like I, I saw you in Australia as a kid growing up and you were the rapping street cat or like you know you have a, a a big following on social media now. How often does do people recognize this performance? Yeah, you know more than you would think actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's something to do with my smile. Like I like there's a lot of people that are like that are like oh like. I remember seeing you in Cats and I'm like, how did you know that it was me? And a lot of people will say that it's because of my smile, because like, obviously, you know, I was very cheeky in my, in my sort of characterization of the rum tone. That was definitely one that was, that was actually one of my, um, sort of main traits that I wanted to put in and back to a previous question, only because we talked about it. Well, I didn't actually talk about it. You did my three adjectives were different to were different. the original tugger um except don't ask me what they were yeah. now <laughs> um uh, okay. but they were slightly different yeah okay did they give you a different backstory like did they what did they tell you is like his his tugger's history um gosh this is really going back now and i'm trying to remember it it, it wasn't too different um you know, he, it definitely was around the same sort of thing of like, you know, he is this sort of like grew up on the street and like, you know, but idolized and, you know, also very sexually, you know, mm. interested in basically everyone is what I was told. Yes. Um, and so basically anything that moves. Um, and so... You know, I think I just drew on all those little things plus the artist's influence of like, you know, those more current contemporary artists. And then I put my own little like cheeky kind of um, rebellious flair on it um, as well. I mean, they were all like the little things that kind of formed what I ended up presenting, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think was very different to how um, the guy presented it in the the original London Palladium and then there was the the um performer who did it in France as well yeah it it is again it's such a a strange thing to look back on because I'm looking back on something who learned about it long after it ended you know like I didn't even know about cats Mm. really like well until pretty, pretty much 2019 I saw it in 2016 obviously knew it because everybody knows it but like I never knew any of the history. I didn't know I couldn't have named you the Rum Tug Tugger before 2016. So to look back on yeah. it now and see like, hey, here's this three-year little like fascinating little subsection of the history of cats, and then you being one of the ones like it, it's so cool to hear that it almost evolved throughout those three years as they tried to um, to see like, hey, could this be the the long-term future? And how do we keep tweaking with it and every production until they finally said, mm. no, we're just going to go back to the original or closer to the original. Yeah. Which I, I assume as a performer yeah. has to be really fun. Like you get to, you like you said, you put your stamp yeah. on it. I mean, like, yeah, it was really, really fun to see it sort of progress. And I will say, I think, I think the downfall of the, of the actual, because like, you know, when I was cast in the show, I had a very different skill set to the other Tuggers who obviously mm. um, played it in in London, mostly because, like, I'm first and foremost also a singer. So, you know, the ability that I was able to give on 
Mr. Mistopheles and old Deuteronomy was much more like the old Tugger. Mm-hmm. So I got to blend sort of both a little bit. Like once my number had passed, because obviously that was really the one that had the most rap in it. Once we got past that vocally, you know, I kind of like was much more like the old Tugger, but more in R&B style rather than rock. Mm-hmm. Um, like my Mr. Mistopheles was you know, very, you know, I had licks and stuff in there. I was able to kind of show off my like sort of tenor notes, um, which is not really something that the other street tuggers kind of incorporated because my music team were like, well, it would be stupid to not have that yeah, in there yeah. because that's you. Yep. And you probably so, could do the, um, the, the ball different. Like you could do more of the contemporary, like the, the dance numbers too, having had more well, than just a hip hop background. You could do some of the other traditional stuff yeah, in the, throughout so, the show. Absolutely, yeah. So, like in the ball, um, in the Palladium version that I watched, um, Tugger only danced uh, the Tugger Boys um, combination where he comes down the center, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously the same choreography that's in the original. Yeah. Um, but I also danced. Um, big boys as well, which is the basically the section that happens just before, which is normally led by Monkestrap. Um, and that was because I just was a dancer and they were like, great, let's utilize yeah. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was really fun um, because yeah, I got to kind of like do a little bit more um, of the dancing because that was kind of my ability and skill set. Um, but one thing I was going to say about the actual tugger number, I think that there was elements in there that worked. What I wasn't hugely a fan of, and I think was what let the number down. I don't know if you've heard. I have. It or yeah, I've heard. Well, I heard the London. Anything. I heard the London version. Um, that's what's on YouTube. I could find the London okay, version yeah. on YouTube. Oh yes, of course. Um, basically like the thing that I think should have been changed a little bit was the, everyone else introducing him before he spoke, I think is the thing that didn't really gel for me. Mm -hmm. Um, the first like two minute, first minute and a half of the number was spent of me kind of just like weaving around everyone while they were talking about me. Um, which I felt like there was there was an element there that like if he just started the number the way that it is, where he just starts talking, I think we would have been straight away involved in what he had to say. But it took me like a minute and a half before I started going for it. And and by that point, I think that everyone else's style of singing in the show, while there's this dun 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 like this kind of like hip hop beat while everyone else is like, is disobliging ways are a matter of habit. And (laughs) like, it just kind of, to me, it didn't gel. So I was like, if you're going to have like an updated person who is doing like contemporary singing and rapping in the show, then let him just take the stage so that the style is rooted in this character rather than everyone else trying to do that over the top. Yeah, and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, doesn't Tugger usually come in and it's like the whole point of Tugger is you're disrupting. So you kind of come in and just immediately start. So it's a little that was it might have brought it a little bit more towards what people are used to 
of like, hey, he's coming in to disrupt. Yeah. I thought like I actually didn't notice that when I was watching it. As you know, I, for me, I'm like, oh, there's uh-huh. this like hip hop beat that's kind of interesting, and then I really. I enjoyed the breakdown. Like I thought that was kind of fun of like this all of a sudden oh, in the middle of nowhere, this like hip hop dance, breakdown dance. Because yeah. um, again, like it's just, it's so interesting looking at it now, like today knowing that it's like, this is, this is going to be done. It's so different. Um, but there were, there were elements that I'm like, oh, I did not like that. And there are elements I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. Like that's different. But I would assume yeah. there's a good chunk of people that come to the show who had never seen it. And so it's like, they don't know any different. And they're going to think, oh, that's like a really cool oh, yeah. version of it. Yeah, I had a lot of young kids um, and a lot of, um, you know, teenagers and stuff be like, you were my favorite cat in the show. And you know what? I was like, yeah, well, that that is, I guess, what they were going for. Yeah. They really wanted a way to bring in the children of the generation um, and to be like, oh, you know, here is someone who's an outcast and he's different, which is exactly what the original created as well. Um, and, but they did it in a way that he felt younger, more playful, um, and was a little bit cooler to children and young teenagers, um, in his appeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, that is, it's so true. Cause it's like, when I saw Tugger, it's like, oh, here's the, like, the rebel and like the rock star and the like, I'm going to do whatever I yeah. want. And it's like, it's supposed to be the moment for, um, you know, if you're the, this is the guy who's going to come on and be attracted to everyone. Everyone's going to either want him or want to be him. Like that's kind of the moment that you, that yeah. you project for, for Tugger. And then you've kind of got the reverse happening later where you've got McCavity and you've got bomb and Demeter doing their kind of like, very aggressively sexual dance too so you've got those moments of like okay there you either want them or you want to be them um moments in there and so this is the same thing you just have modernized it to be more in the time which was there was a lot of hip-hop influence at that time and so it's it is such a you know again a unique thing to look back on where you know what are we years later we're looking at this from like eight years later um of hey this is it's it's a different version um and and so fun i want to pivot to some rapid fire because i want to get to my favorite question to ask everybody especially you know you did it for a year so i i'm not sure if you've spent time thinking about this at length like i have which is my grizabella question (laughs) before we get there um, if you could go on for one performance as any cat forget whether you're male, female, capable of doing it or not. If you could just do one track one day, who would you want to go on it? Um, I mean, like, I would want to sing McCavity, obviously. <laughs> okay. So you're going as Bobby Demeter. One so, of the two, like, right? yeah, Bobby or Demeter, definitely. Love it. Um, who are your favorite and least favorite cats from the show? Not, um, not actors, characters. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um... Uh, characters um i really loved um i really loved um mungo jerry and rumple teaser um i think that their that their characters are so fun um my least favorite gosh you're really testing my brain now i haven't thought about these characters in a long time um my least favorite uh i'm gonna say gus but it's so controversial oh wow (laughs) That is, yeah, that's um, not going to, that doesn't bode well for my last question either because that's the most common answer outside of Grizabella. Is um, it really? Oh, yeah. Gus is the most common uh, joyful choice besides Grizabella. Why Why not Gus? Sure. What's, is it just, yeah, I guess that's very, that's a very tugger um, answer of you. It's like, get this old guy out of here. Uh, 
<laughs> it actually is. That's so funny because I feel like my attitude towards that character in the show was very much like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> It's. I will say, as I ask um, these questions to performers, I, I can't tell you how many times I get the answer, and it's like that is how your cat would answer. And it's because you spend so long like embodying that persona that it's it's whether yeah. you know it or not, it's very subconsciously in there. I'm like, ah, oh, I like every jelly is like it's my favorite's Gus. I'm like, yeah, of course your favorite's Gus. You're supposed to like love Gus. That's your of whole course. job. Of course, of um, course it yeah. is. And yeah, so you, you run into this all the time, and so I love. It. That's like it's controversial, but then it's like no, that's a very Tugger answer. Yeah. I think, I mean, like, for me, it was very much the um, the down slope of the show, like, in terms of, like, interest for me. Okay. I was like, okay. Wow. Hot take. That's going to get some people. Know, some people are going to have opinions uh, on that. Oh, gosh. I mean, I really liked um, – so in our version, we did an updated version of Growl Tiger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's if that's. It's not in around, 2016, actually. so it's not. It, they cut Growl Tiger in 2016 for. Um, I think there's a couple oh, reasons. Oh, they did. Yeah, I mean, it's a little also problematic. Um, there's oh, some, very there's, problematic. There's some moments that are problematic. It also takes an you know someone who can do an operatic note, and so like they made the the dance a little bit more heavy, and so they've gotten rid of it. But I, I think it was more of it was canceled than it was anything else, but yeah. they got rid of it from 2016 on. Yeah. The actual, I really liked what they did musically with um, the updated Growl Tiger. I liked that it had like a swing kind of like, um, yeah, we, I, I, that, that was kind of in, in, in that whole sequence, what they did musically in style. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things that I know so little about because my only version of it is the 1998 movie. Like I don't have yeah. reference because everything else for me is 2016 forward, and so I don't have yeah. nearly. Have the... you heard that version? No, I don't think I've heard your version. I wonder if I can find it on YouTube. Like yeah. I've, I've seen some bootlegs of a because, lot of stuff. Um, yeah, we. Um, I remember this being so. We actually opened in New Zealand first, and then basically what happened was um, after our New Zealand season, when we returned back to Australia they actually added in a different aria. Hmm. So um, our Gus and, well, Growl Tiger and, um, and Jelly um, learned a new Italian aria that Andrew Lloyd Webber had written, which literally like slotted into the middle of Growl Tiger before um, the end section where the Siamese cats obviously come in. Yeah. Is, uh, I, you know, hearing that now, is this like Andrew Weber's midlife crisis where he's just like, I'm going to change, um, I'm going to so, rewrite stuff. I mean, some like, stuff. I will never talk bad, <laughs> yeah. but. In a, in a way, he's like, I got, it's time. I got to make some changes. Like, he rewrote that. He wrote a different. There was, tiger. there was a lot going on. Yeah. Wow. I did not, no, I did not know that either. Um, that's mm. fa- kind of fascinating. Um, okay. What's your favorite song from the show? Ooh, favorite song. Um, probably McCavity. McCavity. I, that's my favorite. So I, I think it's such a great answer. Yeah. Um, who do you think, cat-wise, I'm going to take Tugger out of the equation, um, would be the mm-hmm. best rapper or hip-hop, like would, could become hip-hop famous. So it's going to take <laughs> Tugger out. So who else do you think could come in and have a, a hip-hop career? Oh, um, like probably either like, probably Mungo Jerry. 
Oh, that's a really good answer. You know what I was thinking about? And I know this is not going to be the take most people are going to expect. I could see Buster for Jones being like Biggie, like a Biggie Smalls type of like, he you know, takes on that big kind of, he's got a lot of money. He throws I mean, stuff around. Yeah. Like, I think he, he, could, I think he, he could play that yeah. hip hop version of where it's not necessarily a style, yeah, but I could see it. could be quite it. interesting. That's the, that's the hip hop yeah, version. I'd also like to see like a female rapper too. That would kind of be fun. Like a Nicki Minaj kind of vibe. I think like, you could, I feel I like Bomb could do Demeter. it. Bomb or Demeter. Yeah. I think that yeah, they Demeter have the Bombi, confidence yeah. to do it. Like, Bomb has the confidence to do it. She could go out there and, and like own the stage, which I feel is what you, you kind of have to do as a hip hop artist. Yes. Um, okay. My most important question. And now that I know you dislike Gus, I think this is probably not going to go in my way. Um, I've argued at length that I don't think Grizabella should be the right joke choice. And so I'm curious, do you want to defend mm. Grizabella or who would you send to the heavyside layer if you are choosing, uh, as you, not as street tugger, as you, as me, um, you know, oh, as me. Yeah. I was going to say as street tugger, I... <laughs> you're picking, are you picking yourself um, as street but... tugger? No, 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 oh, okay. no. I actually think that Grizabella is the jellical choice. Okay. Give me your defense for it. Maybe give me your defense as Street Tugger. Okay. Well, I actually developed quite a soft spot for Grizabella um, because as Street Tugger being an outsider and someone that the group kind of also shunned a little bit for being different, I sort of like, uh, you know, his, his sort of like thoughts towards her also change over the show and and by like the last quarter i think he understands her and and the journey that she's been on so that's the reason why i think he believes after understanding all of the story that she deserves to go hmm. okay so fellow outsider it's her time yeah what about you as as dan um I mean, it just, I mean, if it's not going to be her, then, then I don't really know who it would be. I don't think anyone else deserved it in that moment. Okay. I love it. This is the anti-Gus coming out. Everyone else is like, yeah, pick the old guy, Gus. And you're like, no, forget him. No, forget him. <laughs> uh, so I love it. Um, well, this has been so fun. I, I appreciate you coming on and reminiscing on this and sharing all the, the knowledge. Like, I, I, again, I've been waiting for years to try to understand the street tugger and so i really appreciate you coming on and oh my god sharing well, and reminiscing it's been really fun to recap it all um, yeah. because it was a really special time in my life and um and i had a ball like i had a jellical ball yeah i had you know the best time <laughs> um you know doing this show and you know it it really was such a, a milestone for me doing something that was very different um, I got to be creative and playing my first role and, and, you know, in a show that is obviously so iconic. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was really special. That's the, it's so cool to hear that. Cause that's the performer answer versus the fan answer. You know, it's like, you get to do this really cool thing and it's the moment in time and it's your first full role and you get to be creative and like tackle something new. And the fans are like, eight years later, I hated that, you know, like this wasn't reverse. This isn't the tugger I know. And so it's just like, you know, you've got these two I mean, different ways yeah. of looking at it. Absolutely. I mean, I have, um, on my YouTube channel, I've got, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like, a, um, I've like compiled basically all of the footage that I could ever have found of me doing my makeup, 
you know, like press stuff. I've got like a morning show thing where I did the dance break on the morning show from the number. Um, and like that video has so many views because, yeah. you know, most of the time people are just slamming me. Yeah. They're like, not the actor, but the actual character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they do, it, it's, it's hard. You have to split it. Cause it's like, it's a, there's this, like you get, you are going on to do this cool new thing and everyone's like, but wait, why was this decision even made? Why? And I think, I think the why is the thing that, that constantly comes up in all of the comments and when, you know, people talk about it um, because they're like, oh, he did a great job or like, you know, I really love his energy and what he's doing with the role, but why? Yep. That's how I felt watching it when I watched the the bootleg YouTube I could find. I was like, oh, that's I like, kind of like the the new hip hop beat and it's a different version and the, the dance break is really cool, but I'm just like, but still, do we need to make that change? Like, do we, mm. like it's this this iconic rock star cat that we're so used to, and um, but it's also again, change is change, and you know, it always takes time for people to to adapt to it, even if it's universally loved or hated. Yeah. It's change, and that's always going to get the center. Absolutely. Um, how can people yeah. <laughs> stay in touch with you on social media and keep up with everything you're doing? Uh, well, I am on Instagram at Diasetta, um, and also on TikTok. Um, they're probably the two main sort of um, profiles to follow and continue watching my journey, which is now in New York City. Yeah, I will, um, I will plus the TikTok if you, I think it's hilarious, you constantly are posting videos of you and your sister <laughs> as like children doing these like different dance numbers has been really funny to see the like that and then the <laughs> Hamilton and then I think your sister was in six and you got all these like different like Jeez, things coming together yeah. um has been really fun to, to kind of follow on social media it's been it's a it's a great follow for anybody that um is especially a fan of yours oh thank you well this has been an absolute blast thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me I've loved chatting and thanks everyone else to listening to this episode of the Ronka Tide, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the Ronka Tide, or check out our website, theronkatide.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.